Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mystic Podcast. Today, we will be covering season one, episode eight of the Vampire Diaries, and the episode title is 162 Candles. So, this is, of course, Stefan's birthday episode. So, in the previous episode, we had Vicky's death. Just when you think they wouldn't kill off another character in the next episode, we had the very short lived appearance of Lexi. I really loved, like, I really love Lexi, and I think she's a fan favorite um, in the Vampire Diaries series. Um, before we dive into this episode, I just want to say a quick thank you to anyone who has listened to my podcast so far. Um, our most watched episode has been season one, episode six. So the week before last week's episode has been our most highly listened to episode um, of now. So big thank you to anyone who tuned in. So after watching the Vampire Diaries episodes, um, when I'm preparing for the podcast, I always check the Vampire Diaries wiki just to like read the synopsis of each episode. And apparently they separate part of the season into different chapters. So up to last time's episode, episode seven, that was the end of the Vicky chapter. And it does kind of make sense that it's separated into different chapters. The title of the chapter tends to be the main storyline. So of course, from episode one to seven, we saw Vicky getting attacked multiple times, getting turned into a vampire. We saw our first transition from human to vampire. And from this episode, um, the chapter title is The Tomb Chapter. And I, of course, have already watched this episode. So I, of course, have already watched the series numerous amount of times. So I know what this tomb is, uh, but I do not want to spoil anything. So I'm just going to say that... Um, it's a very interesting storyline. I'm really excited to be covering it. Yeah, this episode was really good. I loved, loved Lexi. Um, Lexi, the actress of Lexi, has actually been in many teen series that I've watched. She appeared in True Blood alongside Elijah. Elijah is the name of a major character who will be in the Vampire Diaries from um, the next season, actually and is also a main character in the spin-off The Originals. This Lexi actress was also in 90210. Um, I love 90210, I really need to rewatch that as well. Let's start covering the episode, and I don't know, like my layout for the, each episode is, I kind of like go in chronological order of what happened in the episode and add my comments. Let me know if you like this format or if you would like a different format. This episode begins with Stefan and it's kind of like a horror movie slasher kind of theme again. So he's wandering around because he can hear noises and like laughing. And then we have our first appearance of Lexi and she has like the vamp face. And at first you think that she's going to attack him, but then she says happy birthday. After the title credits roll, we see Lexi and Stefan talking in bed and it seems that they've been, Stefan's kind of been keeping her up to date on what's happening in Mystic Falls, what he's been up to. And Lexi says, why is a news reporter hunting vamps? So obviously they are talking about Logan and Stefan is saying to be careful. And Lexi is saying, you know, if there's this, Lexi is saying, why stay? Understandably so, because you know, obviously for vampires, they're meant to be hidden from human society. Um, they're like living in the shadows, literally. If it's such a threat, you know, the average vampire would just move to a different town. They don't want to have to go for this threat. But of course, 
Um, the reason why Stefan is staying is because of Elena, and he he really loves her. He really cares about her, even if they're not together. He still wants to be around her. Lexi is mentioning that let's hope she's better than the last girl, Catherine, and then she picks up the portrait. So the, the portrait has been featured yet again in an episode. So it seems that you know Stefan was with Catherine around one hundred forty five years ago, right? Um, so he's technically been single since Catherine you know in season one they're really trying to show that Damon is the one who is more in love with Catherine and he still loves her but you know Stefan has been single ever since Catherine so it's either that he still loves her or it could be just because of like trauma trauma and trust issues that after his experience with Catherine and being compelled he hasn't been able to get into a relationship and then Stefan says, you didn't even know Catherine. But Lexi is like, you know, she didn't even need to know him. She's probably heard the whole story from Stefan and says that she is a bitch. Another very interesting thing we find out is Lexi says she can't go anywhere outside because she has no daylight ring. So it seems that daylight rings are a privilege. They're very hard to get. As mentioned later on, you know, Lexi is 350 years old. So she's over 200 years old. She's practically 200 years older than Stefan and Damon. So you would think that she would be the one with a daylight ring as well, or the one with a ring, but she doesn't. Um, and then Lexi jokes that she has her mood ring, they can trade, but Stefan says, you know that that's not how it works. So it seems that, you know, they can't, vampires can't just put on a ring and it, it becomes a daylight ring. They can't swap rings. It seems like each ring is probably bounded to each vampire that it's created for. Uh, we will get to learn about how daylight rings are created. I think in season one, we have kind of like a whodunit kind of theme where the sheriff is questioning Elena, Jeremy, Matt and Stefan about Vicky's disappearance and it kind of switches between each one of them and everyone's answer seems to be very aligned. It's just Matt that seems to kind of mention Stefan and he mentions that Stefan was there the night before she disappeared and this whole scene of like the sheriff questioning them and then like each of them answering kind of reminded me of 13 reasons why so the most recent series i've binge watched is 13 reasons why i finished it last month um it just reminded me of the whole scene where they're interviewing about like hannah baker's death and bryce walker's death should i say that that's kind of a spoiler okay so if you haven't watched 13 reasons why i'm Sorry if that was a spoiler. Um, that series was actually really good. You know, I'd only watched season one about Hannah's suicide, but the later seasons are really good too. So if you haven't watched it, you should watch it and pretend that you didn't hear my kind of major spoiler. So Jeremy says to the sheriff that he will miss Vicky, but he thinks it's for the best. If you remember in the previous episode, Damon compelled Jeremy and he's practically repeating what he's being compelled. So you know, this episode we see later how his attitude has completely changed, but from his compulsion, you know, the compulsion seems to be working, he doesn't seem to be sad or in pain at all. After the interview, um, Stefan is waiting outside by a police car, and I I noticed this from rewatching. Um, but Stefan was standing by his police car, and the number on the police car says 162. So obviously this episode title is 162 Candles, and it's Stefan's 162nd birthday. So I kind of think that that was an intentional thing that they filmed there. So I thought that was really, you know, funny to spot. So Stefan is obviously waiting for Elena, 
But Elena says that Stefan has to stay away. She doesn't want to have to face Jeremy and Matt knowing that, you know, she's lying. She can't continue this. She doesn't want any more deaths. So we kind of have this like on and off thing with Elena and Stefan going on. Each of them says they have feelings for each other, but then one of them says that they have to stay away from the other. Switching back to the sourdough house, obviously Lexi can't leave the house because she doesn't have a daylight ring, so she's sleeping. Damon is right by her, like in the bed watching. And then, you know, Lexi wakes up and she's saying that she's just here for Stefan's birthday. And then there's kind of like this playful banter going on between Lexi and Damon. Then all of a sudden, Lexi kind of vamp speeds. She chokes Damon and she says that and she tells Damon not to ruin her day, not to ruin her time with Stefan. And she says that she's older and that means she's stronger. We learn from here that the older the vampire is, the more stronger they are. I'm not sure if that's the same in True Blood, I forgot. I think it was the same in True Blood. Yeah, it was the same in True Blood. So lots of vampire series follow this theory that the older the vampire is, the stronger they become, which does make sense in a way. And we also have another appearance of Bonnie and Grams. So Bonnie is kind of like packing up her stuff. She mentions that her dad doesn't like it if she stays there for too long. Um, so he's very skeptical about the grandma and that, you know, she says she's a witch. So the dad probably thinks that she's a little cuckoo. Um, I'm presuming that that means... I'm not sure if... Grams is Bonnie's dad's mom or her mom's mom. Okay, let me quickly check that because that is on my mind now. Oh, so apparently Bonnie's mother's mom is Grams. So Bonnie, so Bonnie Bennett, the Bennett is her mom's surname. So she didn't take her father's last name, which is kind of strange because if usually you would take the last name of the parent that you're with. So if her mom walked out, I would think that she would have her dad's last name, but she doesn't. So that's interesting. That would make sense then. So because it's not his, you know, direct parent, that's why he's more skeptical about Grams and the whole witchy stuff. We also had the... So Tyler was absent again in this episode. And then we have the return of Jenna. So Jenna is back. There was no explanation as to what happened or where she was. You know, she's their guardian, so it was kind of weird, but she's back now and she's talking about how she's been dumped. She received an email from Logan saying that he's leaving town. I'm guessing that Damon maybe sent this email to kind of cover his tracks. And so Elena and Jenna are basically moping on the sofa, complaining, and then we see Jeremy at the dining table. He's telling them to be quiet because he's doing homework. So we've seen him do a complete 180. His attitude has changed after the compulsion. In a good way though, like he's he's focused on studying and he's focused on getting good grades. At the sheriff's office, Damon has brought a box of Vervain and it kind of looks like the smuggling drugs, like the way it's so concealed, like he puts it in a box and you know, he's like giving it to us secretly. And then Damon says that this is all we have at the moment. So I'm guessing that because Vervain is a plant, they grow it. And because he took so much, like they have to wait for it to grow or something. I, I don't really know how the whole Vervain plant works. Um, Damon says to Sheriff, are we getting any closer or are we closer? So by saying we, he's kind of trying to act like, you know, part of the team. And he wants to get more information on what is happening. So Sheriff seems to think that they've got their vampire facts wrong and before it was 
believed that vampires only came out in the dark, but now she's starting to think maybe they can walk in the day. So Sheriff is saying that they've changed the, they've changed the search. Now anyone who has been new to town since the deaths began are now suspects. And, you know, Damon and Stefan have only appeared in the town, have only been back in town for like a month or two. And that's when the death started. So technically, they can be part of the suspect list now. And this is our first proper scene with Damon and the sheriff talking together, I think. Um, they actually... Mm, I don't know. I don't know what to spoil and what not to spoil. Because some of these rewatch podcasts do not say any spoilers at all. But then other people who are re-watching Vampire Diaries would spill out some spoilers. So it's really hard. I, I wanted to say something about Damon and the sheriff, Caroline's mom. But... Okay, I'm not go- I'm not going to. Well, let's just say they have an interesting friendship, friendship or relationship or partnership um in the ongoing episodes. We'll leave it like that. We see Elena is, you know, putting the covers over her. She's in bed, she's moping, she's sad about the breakup. Bonnie has come to see her and Bonnie apologizes for being MIA and she say she says that she sucks. You know, Bonnie herself has been going through such a lot too. Like, imagine finding out that you're rich and you have these magical powers, finding out about your ancestors, about how this necklace that you got from Caroline was actually your ancestor's necklace. And this is the beginning of the whole Bonnie sacrificing for Elena trope. This happens a lot throughout the series. You know, Elena is in danger, Elena needs help, and Bonnie sacrifices everything just to save Elena. It's kind of controversial, I guess, this storyline, how Bonnie's like always sacrificing herself for Elena. But anyways, Elena is asking Bonnie to just get her mind off things. She doesn't want to think about the breakup or anything. So Bonnie starts cutting one of Elena's pillows out of nowhere. And you can see Elena with like a WTF face. She's she's surprised and maybe upset. And, you know, what if it was Elena's like favorite pillow? You know, when you have like... I think all of us have like that one pillow that's our favorite. Like even if we have four or five pillows in our bed, there's that one pillow that's like the comfortable one, like your favorite one. Uh, Hopefully it wasn't that one. It did look like a pretty good pillow. And so Bonnie is confirming with Elena that there's no windows open, no fan running, no air conditioning on. And she starts to lift the feathers up with her fingers. So first it's one feather, then it's all of them. And then not just her hands but she uses her eyes to kind of control the feathers movement and i found it like such a sweet moment when you know you see bonnie and elena genuinely happy genuinely smiling and laughing together the music makes it so sweet and it just really takes your mind off the dark stuff that is going on in this episode just when we're enjoying this really sweet moment the scene changes to caroline walking in the town square she's trying to avoid damon she calls him dungeon boy which i found hilarious so because you know he was in the cell the last time they saw each other so she's (laughs) yeah i just found it really funny and so yeah she's avoiding him but damon kind of gives her this look so he's like compelling her and caroline completely changes um, Damon compels her to throw a party. Caroline says, you know, she agrees to it, obviously, because she's being compelled. But she says, why why don't you throw it? And he says, that if it's him, Stefan and Lexi won't come. He also says he's going to solve this town's vampire problem. And he wants the crystal back. So he's telling Caroline to get the crystal from Bonnie. So Stefan is back home and he's talking with Lexi. And they're talking about, you know, 
him and Elena. So Stefan is saying that he wants Elena to be with her truly because she wants to. So he doesn't want it to be a because of compulsion or because of vamp sex. He wants her to genuinely fall in love like a normal human being would. And then Lexi starts pulling out like this bag and she has loads of blood bags. And this is our first appearance of blood bags on the show. And I think I said this in the previous episode, I think it's such an efficient way to drink blood because one, you're not hurting humans and two, you can drink it anywhere and three, you don't have to kill or hurt animals either. So blood bags are the way to go. The way she like puts the straw in, it's like she's drinking like a Capri Sun or something. I thought it was really funny. And you can see that when Lexi pulls out these blood bags and starts drinking, Stefan is kind of on edge because he was sitting on the couch the couch next to Lexi before, but he kind of stands up and is like staying away from it. Lexi offers him some, but you know, he kind of implies that if he starts, he can't stop. So we know that Stefan drinks animal blood. He used to drink human blood in the past. Well, he would have had to in order to turn into a vampire in the first place. But you know, this episode, we, it kind of implies that maybe he was like a former addict. So he was addicted to human blood because he he kind of implies that once he starts, he can't stop. That's why he's completely avoiding it. And even later on at the grill, when Stefan is talking to Matt, he mentions to Matt that he went something he went through something that was the same to what Vicky did. We know that Vicky is a drug addict, so kind of guessing that, you know, Stefan was addicted to blood and didn't have any control as well. So that's why he's extra cautious now and extra uptight because he's a former addict. He can't slip up once, otherwise his whole recovery basically is ruined. And Damon walks in, he invites them to the party, he says that it's Caroline's party, and then he says... um, and then he looks at Lexi drinking the blood bags. Drink. Then he looks at Lexi drinking from the blood bags and he says, I prefer mine at 98.6. So I didn't really get this reference and I looked it up and apparently 98.6 is the average human body's temperature. So that means he doesn't want to drink from blood bags. He likes to drink directly from humans from their necks. Back to Bonnie and Elena, the sweet scene is over and, you know, Bonnie confessed, you know, Bonnie's confessed that she's a witch and Elena is saying that if her grandma told her to, you know, keep it a secret, why would you tell me? And then Bonnie says, you know, you're my best friend. Why why would I keep a secret from you? And you, you can kind of see Elena feels guilty and maybe also sad as well because even though she wants to tell this secret to Bonnie, technically it's not her secret to say because it is Stefan's secret that he's a vampire. It looks like... Um, Lexi and Stefan are going to head to the party because Lexi's getting ready. She's doing her makeup. She has this really cool dark lipstick on. and But Stefan is still kind of worried about what Damon's plans is, what his motives are. And Lexi says, you know, what can he pull off at a public place? Well, ironically enough, it was your own death. It was Lexi's death that he managed to pull off. And Lexi says that she only sees him one day a year. She only sees Stefan on this on his birthday. If they've been friends for so long, I feel like they could meet each other more often, you know? And what about Lexi's birthday? Like, doesn't Stefan want to celebrate her birthday as well? Um, But it it does, when Stefan and Lexi talk about their past, like for example, um, they were talking about how they went to like a Bon Jovi concert before. It seems that Stefan seems to be more fun, he's less brooding, less uptight when he's with Lexi. And so I think Stefan is in the shower or something and Elena has arrived at the Salvador house to see Stefan 
and she knocks on the door and Lexi says come on in like it's her own house um also oh yes I forgot to mention because Zach is now dead that means any vampires can come into the house uninvited now you know we saw in the first scene Lexi just went into Salvador house she wasn't invited so that could be a problem for later on episodes Lexi comes to the door she sees Elena it literally looks like she's seen a ghost she thinks she thinks that Elena's Catherine, obviously, because Elena hasn't even introduced herself yet. Um, so it's kind of like this awkward moment between the two of them. The two of them are shocked to see the other person because Lexi thinks that Elena looks identically like Catherine. And Elena, on the other hand, probably thinks that Lexi's like a rebound or like Stefan's already gotten over her. So she's in shock. Of course, the viewers, us, know that it's strictly platonic between Stefan and Lexi, but... From Elena's point of view, it's understandable that she would feel pissed off or upset or shocked that there's this blonde girl in a towel um, answering the door. And Lexi goes up to Stefan's room and she says, I just met Elena. And when she says Elena, she shows the portrait of Catherine the same time. So Lexi says, you have serious emotional damage, which is true because they look identical to each other. And... Steph, you know, they look identical to each other. So from the outside person's perspective, it would obviously be strange to see that Stefan's next girlfriend, the first girlfriend after like over 100 years, is identical to his ex. And Stefan kind of mentions that he doesn't want to even know if they are related. So there's a possibility, right? If they look so identical, if they're like doppelgangers that they're related in some way or like Catherine is like her great 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 grandma or something by Stefan saying he doesn't want to know it's kind of like him trying to avoid the truth and just play along with things like everything's normal and he he finally he admits in this moment that the resemblance is what drew him in initially this is exactly what I expected this is my theory that it's because of the resemblance that Stefan and Damon both fall in love with Elena and my theory is if Elena had a different face, would they still fall in love with her? That's like one theory that really gets to me. I don't know what would happen. Um, but Stefan says that although the resemblance drew him in, the inside was completely different. Elena is the exact opposite to Catherine. So Stefan is basically mentioning all these traits that he loves about her. And like Lexi says, oh my God, you're in love with her. And I really love Stefan and Lexi's friendship. Like, I kind of get older sister vibes from Lexi. That's why I don't see them as a couple ever. Like, I don't see anything romantic going along with going on between them. I really, you know, Lexi is like 350 years old. She's obviously had a longer vampire life than Stefan. And I just get really cool. She's like the cool older sister or cousin. And I just love their friendship. It's such a shame that we didn't get to see more of it. So the party has begun and there's this really nostalgic dance music. The song title is Feel It In My Bones. The artist is Tiesto. I believe there's another song by him that's played in this episode. I think it was called Escape Me. Yeah, it's just really nostalgic, that kind of dance music that was popular in like the early 2010s. And yeah, so the party has begun. It's the seventh event of the series and we see Caroline in this purple dress and she's walking. She looks really proud. Like she looks around. She has this like really proud face on her because like she thinks that she managed to you know pull off this 
big party and also Lexi walks into the party she looks so cool I love her makeup it's really like vampy vibes it looks like Lexi and Stefan decided to go to the party separately because Stefan has decided to stop by Elena's house I think he's there to kind of explain about Lexi so Elena calls Lexi the girl in the towel and then Stefan laughs it off and he says she's not exactly a girl, she's 350 years old. I mean, she is a girl, like, she, even though she's a vampire, she is a girl, Stefan. I think it's like, because she's way older, like, he wouldn't see her as romantic. But yeah, when Stefan laughs it off and says that, you can see that Elena looks really relieved. And then Stefan mentions that it's his birthday, so Lexi is taking him to Caroline's party, but Elena decides to stay in. You know, I thought she might have decided to go because it's Stefan's birthday, but she she's decided not to go. But of course, we know afterwards that she ends up coming to the party. Back at the party, you know, Caroline is on a mission, so she was compelled to do two things. One was to throw this party, the second was to get the crystal back, so she's on to her second mission. She heads towards Bonnie, and she's actually been really nice at first like politely asking to get the necklace and then bonnie refuses so she says you know i didn't want to say this but the necklace makes you look fat or something but bonnie still refuses and then caroline tries to pull it off and it sizzles it makes a hand sizzle like it did with damon so at first you think that this necklace is like protecting bonnie from vampires but it actually does it to humans as well so this necklace is protecting itself, protecting Bonnie, making sure that it's not separated, that it's not separated from Bonnie. This is a hard one because I get that this necklace is technically Bonnie's. I mean, it was Bonnie's ancestors necklace, but I also understand Caroline's point of view. Like if I had a friend that I lent something to, even if I said I don't need it, if I want it back, I would expect them to give it back to me. So because Bonnie hasn't explained it's her ancestors, she's just refusing to give it back, which is kind of rude if you think about it in that perspective. Like if somebody lent you something and you don't give it back to them, it is kind of rude. Of course, we the viewers know that it's, you know, Bonnie's ancestors one, but, you know, she could have maybe explained it. Like said, you know, she showed it to her grandma and apparently this was like an heirloom or something. That's why it was in the founder's party. It's like an antique heirloom. Um, so Caroline heads to Damon. She says that she tried to get the necklace, but it shocked her. And then Damon is like, you know, damn, why does it do that? So he's he really wants to get this necklace, but because it sizzled him, he used Caroline, but then even Caroline can't get it off. So he's he's puzzled. He doesn't know what to do. He blames it on Caroline though. He says Caroline is he says to Caroline that she's stupid, that she's shallow, that she's useless. And then he heads out of the grill and he hears a couple making out in the alley and is going to head towards them. And this is another recurring theme. So we have a recurring theme of Damon hating Tyler and trying to kill him, which I mentioned in the beginning of last week's episode. Another recurring theme is Damon going after couples who look happy or who are making out. You know, even in the pilot episode in episode two, those two couples were killed off by Damon. And I kind of feel that he he has this thing against couples. So I think because of Catherine, because he's alone, he kind of gets irritated by seeing couples being happy together. So he kills off the boyfriend and then we see him in like a compelling position to the girlfriend. So he's kind of like holding her face, making her face directly to him. And it looks like he's about to compel the girlfriend, but we don't see what he says. They skip that scene to kind of like keep it as a mystery. 
In the grill, Lexi and Stefan look like they're having real genuine fun at the pool at the pool table. And I like that we see Stefan in a different light. In the past few episodes, or since the beginning of the series, we've seen Stefan be really uptight, Damon being the more loose, impulsive one. But we see him genuinely having fun, being more free and loose with Lexi. And we see Elena at the party as well. And she's literally just alone, standing there, staring at them. And it's kind of strange because, you know, Caroline's at the party, Bonnie's at the party, Matt's at the party. They're all childhood best friends. And she's literally there alone. Realistically, I would think she's like, the she used to be the popular cheerleader type. So she wouldn't be alone. But this is just another thing that we have to not really think overthink about because it is a TV series. Damon kind of joins her and Elena is asking what Damon did to Jeremy because she's saying that he's acting completely differently and Damon says that he took away his suffering. Yeah, this is another this is another thing I'm not sure about, but by him saying he took away Jeremy's suffering, does that imply that he also compelled away the parents' death too? Because we see Jeremy before he got with Vicky, he was really depressed and taking drugs because his parents had died but now he's just literally focused on studying so surely even if Damon compelled him to forget about Vicky he would still have the pain of his parents but it seems like he's not in any pain or sadness at all so I don't know if they explain this later on in the episodes but it does seem like he's been completely compelled of all sadness and all pain. So Lexi is at the bar counter. She's compelling the bartender um, to get drinks. They're on the house and she says no ID. And I think by her compelling to not show, by her compelling him to not ask for ID, it kind of means that he's going to offer everyone alcohol without asking for the ID. I think the way she compelled it was like, he doesn't need to ask ID for anyone. Um, so she gets some tequila shots. She approaches Elena, offers a tequila shot. And, you know, Elena's like, oh, wow, you guys can drink alcohol. And then Lexi mentions that alcohol curves cravings. So last episode, we learned that vampires drink coffee. It warms them. We learned this episode that vampires drink alcohol and it curves their cravings. Lexi talks about how she's known Stefan for over 100 years. So she's practically known him all his life. And... We really see Lexi and Elena getting along, bonding together. It's such a shame that it was just for this episode. Like, when I first watched this series, I really genuinely thought that Lexi would be here for longer. And I was so happy to see, like, an older, stronger, cool female vampire. It's just such a shame. So, you know, Elena's talking about Steph and how she, she's scared about... She's scared to be in love with him, to be with him. And... Lexi talks about how her love of a life was also human and she says that love conquers all and when it's real you can't walk away. So Lexi has some real good one-liners in this episode and funny enough we will see Lexi's former lover in an episode very soon. I think in a couple episodes we will get to see him. We'll not spoil anything else though on what happens. So Lexi heads back to the pool table to Stefan and it turns out that Stefan was vampiring and listening on them the whole time. And Lexi says an iconic line. Okay, this is such an iconic line. So she says, I was feeling epic. This is a major line for the show. If you're a fan of the show, you will know that this line has lasted the whole series, like literally. 
This was the title of the last ever episode, season 8, episode 16. Episode title was I was feeling epic. It's a real good line and they use the word epic a lot. Like even in, I think it was like the pilot or episode 2 when Stefan and Elena were talking, they say it was epic. So it just really makes me emotional like to hear this reference and to hear it in season 8 as well. So after the talk, I guess Elena feels like, you know, she wants to approach Stefan. She feels more comfortable talking to him. And it's so sweet. Like, they look so happy. You know, from watching the whole series, like, okay, I'm just going to spoil things. But it's pretty obvious that this series is, like, based on the love triangle of Elena, Stefan, and Damon. And I myself personally have to admit that I'm more of a Delena shipper. Like, I ship, I ship Damon and Delena more. But whenever I rewatch these early seasons, like, it's so sweet, like, Stefan and Elena. And it, it I kind of, I ship them in the early seasons, but overall, like, I change. But yeah, whenever I rewatch the early seasons, it's really sweet, even though I'm more of a Damon and Elena shipper. They do make a really sweet couple, and from people that have watched the series first time, you must be really surprised that there's people that ship Damon and Elena, but things really change, so just keep on watching. That's all I'm gonna say. I guess that, you know, because Caroline was really insulted by Damon, she's kind of like lost her self-esteem, she's angry with Bonnie, she's gotten really drunk, and she goes to sit next to Matt, and I feel really bad for Caroline, like, even though I don't like her, but at the same time, you do feel bad for her, like, she was the one that threw this party, and she seems like the one that's enjoying it the least, so she goes to sit next to Matt, and she's really drunk, and she says, are those curly fries? I just gotta say that I love curly fries, and... Um, there was this really random moment where Matt says to the guy that was in front of him, coffee for the drunk girl. So there's two things I'd like to point out about this. First one is, why would you get coffee for her? Like, I would think he would say water, like, to keep her hydrated. I've been sober for two years. So I It's been ages since I've had alcohol, so... Yeah, I don't really get why he said coffee. Like, if you drink alcohol, tell me if coffee helps if you're drunk. And the second point is, who is this guy anyways? We don't get to see his face. He kind of gives you Tyler vibes, but at the same time, we know it's not Tyler because then Tyler and Matt still aren't getting along. And the way he asks the guy to get the coffee, to bring the coffee for Caroline, it makes you think that he's like a waiter at the grill or something. Even though Caroline doesn't seem like the type to like, let insults get to her it seems that Damon really did a number on her you know Damon called her shallow and stupid and useless and it's clearly gotten to her because Caroline asks Matt if she's shallow and Matt says that you know to be honest deep isn't really your scene Cara so he's using so they they call Cara so they call Caroline Cara as like a nickname I get that Caroline isn't the most deep person like she's she is shallow superficial to be honest but she's you know, for her sake, it would be better to just lie. Well, not lie, but like, you know, not lie, but say that that's not the case or like you're not that shallow. Like, I would think it would be better to tell her that because she clearly looks upset and she's drunk. Um, but Caroline asks Matt to take her home. And normally you'd have a scene where like the guys are trying to like take advantage, you know, because she's drunk. But Matt is a really sweet person. Like, he's genuinely a good-natured person. Throughout the series, he's, like, he's the one with the most moral compass, I'd say. Like, he's genuinely a sweet human being. And secondly, I guess, because of Vicky and his mom, he's kind of used to being, like, the responsible adult 
being in the responsible caretaker role. So yeah, he was really sweet to Caroline this episode. And when he's kind of like carrying Caroline and taking her out, he spots the sheriff, which is Caroline's mom, and he tries to like hide or like avoid her but unfortunately the sheriff finds them and you know Matt offers to take Caroline home and even the sheriff trusts him she um she says thank you to him so I guess it's it's such a small town you know Caroline and Matt have been childhood friends for ages he's, he's trusted by everyone everyone knows that he's a good sweet person here comes the moment because this is Lexi's death moments so Lexi approaches Damon at the bar asking what he is doing in Mystic Falls and Damon says he has a diabolical plan and he actually does have a pretty big plan up his sleeves which uh which is slowly going to get revealed from I'd say like the next episode or the episode after but technically this whole necklace thing like the body necklace thing is part of his plan so sh- the sheriff is bringing in the, the girlfriend whose boyfriend got killed by Damon and Sheriff is saying, like, who who was it, I think, or something like that. And she points to Damon and Lexi's direction. When I first watched this series, I was like, oh my gosh, like, they're going to find out that Damon's a vampire. Because, you know, both of them are sitting there, so you don't know which one she's pointing to. Um, but then it turns out that she was pointing to Lexi because the Sheriff injects Lexi with Vervain. Is this the first time we see Vervain being injected? I think so. So as you can see, the first time we saw Vervain was in episode 3, right? Friday Night Bites. And from that point on, Vervain is just like a consistent part of each episode. Practically every episode, there's like a mention or like a use of Vervain. So Lexi's being taken out. She's weakened from the Vervain. And Elaine and Stefan head from like the back door, I think, to watch to see what's going on. And... Lexi has like a vamp face. She uses her strength to push each cop who was holding her by her side. So there's two theories to this. One is because she's 350 years old, she probably has strength. So like maybe the older you are, the stronger you are. So even though she's been vervain, she can handle it. Or second, she's built a vervain tolerance by herself. To this point, I don't know which one it was. Or maybe they didn't really even give her a big dose of vervain anyways because they didn't have that much stock. They don't really explain that part. So the sheriff starts shooting Lexi uh, with wooden bullets. She keeps on shooting Lexi, but she doesn't get killed. Like she's just shaking it off and approaching to the sheriff with vamp face. And for a moment, you think that she'll survive because she's not being killed. I remember when I first watched this, I was like, I don't want Lexi or the sheriff to die. Obviously, Lexi is a super cool vampire. I want to see more of her. But also, the sheriff isn't a bad person. Like, yes, she's trying to kill vampires. But to these humans, they think that vampires are like these volatile creatures that are just there to prey on humans. So just when you think there's a chance that Lexi will survive, Damon goes and stakes her. And when, you know, Stefan and Elena are watching this in the background, Stefan, like, covers Elena's mouth. I think it's, like, to prevent her from screaming because they're watching like in hiding you know it's so sad when Lexi says why like it it nearly made me cry and Damon says it's part of the plan so it's part of his diabolical plan so that was our second vamp death of the series um you know I can't believe it like two episodes in a row we've had a vampire death so I did say before how it's just the first few episodes that are like a teen drama series, but things really start to heat up. The plot gets quicker. The plot develops quicker, and that's really what is happening. We're still on the eighth episode. We've had um, another. We've had so many deaths. I don't. I haven't even done a death count, but 
yeah, demon's been killing lots of people, basically. So back in the grill, so the sheriff is back in the grill. She's arresting the bartender for serving underage minors alcohol. And she says thank you to Damon. And it's it shows that, like, the sheriff really trusts Damon now because he literally saved her life um, by staking Lexi. And, it you know, she's really grateful. She's saying that the nightmare is over now. Damon has managed to kind of, like, build a trust bond relationship um, between him and the sheriff. Uh, we have this really sweet moment where Matt is carrying Caroline to her bed. Um, it really switches, like, you know, compared to the other scenes, like, the scenes of Matt and Caroline are just, like, you know, innocent human teenage scenes, and it, it really takes you away from the dark drama. Uh, I think Caroline was saying that, do you ever feel like you're not loved by anybody? Um, I think Matt is, I feel for Matt more than Caroline, to be honest, because Matt has no parents like both his parents are absent his sister's gone or technically dead but he doesn't know that and you know Caroline is actually loved by her mom I think that Caroline probably is carrying some sort of resentment because the because her parents divorced so she's holding a grudge against her mom um so yeah and then the very last scene oh sorry we have two more last scenes to talk about um first of all Stefan you know saw that Damon killed Lexi, so he's on a mission. He wants to kill Damon, but actually Elena stops him. Um, and now it's the tables have turned. Stefan is the one saying that Elena should stay away from him. Death and, like, sadness only follows him. So he goes to the... He goes back to the Salvador house, and Damon is saying to Stefan, I told you I would take care of it. Um, Stefan, stakes De Stefan stakes Damon, but not in the heart, in, like, the chest or lower down. Um, to be honest, I didn't think that he would actually kill Damon because that's his brother and Damon is one of the three main characters, so they're not going to kill him off that easily. Um, it did look painful, though, when they when he was pulling out the stake. And then the very last scene of the episode, we have Bonnie sleeping. She seems very restless. She's having a nightmare where she's running. She has that necklace on and um, we see Emily Bennett. So Emily Bennett says to Bonnie that it's coming so we don't know what is coming but apparently something is coming and then bonnie actually wakes up in the woods so it wasn't just a dream she was actually sleepwalking and she wakes up in front of a building which actually looks like a tomb and interestingly enough from this episode the chapter is the tomb chapter something is involved with this tomb that bonnie's waking up in front of there's something there and because of emily saying it's coming you kind of think it's got to do with Catherine because Damon is involved as well and he's the one that's clearly still in love with her. Wow, so that was episode 8 of The Vampire Diaries season 1. The plot is really developing quickly and there's so many deaths, so many tragic moments. Uh, it's getting really, really good. I'm so excited for this tomb chapter. For my favorite character and least favorite characters, I have two favorite characters. Um, first one is obviously Lexi. Like, I really fell in love with her when I first watched the series. And it's really sad that she was only in this one episode. I wish she was here for longer. Like, it would have been so fun seeing her, like help Elena and Stefan out with their issues, like, you know, getting involved in the whole Mystic Falls drama. Okay, I don't want to majorly spoil it, but I will say that you 
we will see her again in the future. Whether she's resurrected, whether it's a flashback or whether it's a ghost, I don't want to spoil that in case you haven't watched the series, but we do see Lexi again. Um, it's just she's not going to be like, you know, in a major role capacity. And I think that even when this first aired, Lexi was a very popular character and people were probably really disappointed and upset to see her die so quickly. And it's amazing how even though she was only in this one episode, we all strongly liked her. Like she just has this really cool personality. And even though it, she was only in one episode, it feels like we've known her for a long time. And I do have a second favorite character and that is actually Matt. I've never really been a huge fan of Matt, to be honest. Like throughout the series, he's never my favorite, but he is the most innocent human out of all of them. Like he, he remains the most innocent character. And um, I just felt that he was really caring for Caroline and really looking after her. And it really makes you feel bad for him because while Caroline's venting out about her issues, about how no one loves her, you know, Matt is the one that has literally no one to care for him. Like he's looking after himself. And then on top of that, he has to look after everyone else as well. Um, so yeah, he was my second favorite character of the series. Uh, he's my second favorite character of this episode. And my least favorite character would have to be Damon, even though I'm like a Delina... Delena Shipper. Like, I ship Damon and Delena, and I really love the two of them. They're my two favorite characters overall in the series. Um, he was a complete douchebag in his episode. Yeah, it's really sad that Lexi got killed off, and the fact that he killed, he staked Lexi, I was so surprised when I first watched it. It was really shocking, but at the same time, he's very smart. He He's very clever, because by doing this, he not only got the Founders Council to kind of like lay off the whole vampire drama but also now they're not suspicious about him and Stefan so in a way he's he's very smart very calculative so although there was a couple of tunes that I like you know I, I talked about the Tiesto dance songs um, there wasn't like one particular song that stood out for me this episode usually I choose like you know the ballads at the end of the episode but yeah there wasn't any music um, that I really want to like play for this ending. So um, next week's episode, we will be covering season one, episode nine of The Vampire Diaries. And the episode title is History Repeating. And we finally get a new history teacher. So the past few episodes, we haven't seen any of the students in class. But it looks like they're resuming with just doing history classes. And... The new history teacher is Alaric, and Alaric is actually going to be a major character throughout the series. So it, it's going to be exciting to see um, a new main character join the gang. So I will see you guys next Sunday at the same time. Um, if you haven't already, I would love it if you could save, um, subscribe to our podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And our Instagram is at the Mystic Podcast. We post lots of like Vampire Diaries behind the scenes pictures and moments on there. So definitely go check that out. Also, if you have any feedback or questions, you can you know feel free to DM that account. So that is all for this week's episode. I will see you next week. Thank you.